0: Uh, it was born ready.
1: <laughs> Let's see it.
0: It's time to do, 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 do a podcast. Hello everyone. Wow. Welcome back to the Gems of
1: History podcast. I'm so happy right
0: now. I <laughs> I am your host, Jacob Shop, and joining me as always, I have the trap master, Mark Steinbrenner.
2: Guys, podcast is over. <laughs> if you if you're expecting better
1: than that intro, i mean it's over you can't can't top that i'm so excited to see what mine is come on do me do me all do all right me.
0: and now with the triple blue eyes white dragon combo it's Ooh. evan roosh
1: what's up everyone so basically kaiba hey i'll take that right, yeah. i wasn't I mean, gonna he's say a it well, hair, and he invented you know virtual reality essentially in that uh, in that anime so yeah gladly take that even though he always loses Always, money does not buy happiness, folks. Well, I mean, he does duel Yugi so much. You're gonna, you're gonna lose <laughs> a couple of those. I mean, he's literally dueling an Egyptian pharaoh from two thousand years ago. <laughs> Seems a little unfair. I mean, I take mean, the necklace all... off, Yugi. Come on. Everyone over the age of like twenty-eight. Listening to this right now, is like, what the actual? This isn't a Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Ever, Okay, everyone
0: over 28 and under like 13 has no idea what we're talking about right no now. No clue.
2: Okay, I just got to put this out there. This isn't a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast, but like, can we just appreciate the fact that in the show, when he turns into the Egyptian god, you know. No one notices. No one notices. <laughs> There's like, oh, something's about yu gi Yeah, everyone's like, wow, like, he's, he's a grown man.
1: <laughs> he's like really confident. His voice yeah. just dropped. Mm. <laughs> and he grew like nothing. five inches. It's <laughs> probably nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah well welcome back to the podcast everyone uh hope you guys are all staying safe and healthy out there and enjoying the start to the year that has absolutely nothing exciting or of note going on so
2: yeah i mean i've just been busy playing video games uh definitely not investing in any companies that sell them uh oh wait no GameStop is what you're getting at isn't
0: it no i've what are you talking
1: about? Just about i say, s- i said like, nothing noteworthy guys. oh okay well like, anyway i feel like i'm the only one that didn't invest in gamestop not i sure did you guys no none of us have stock in it but i support the cause Will the internet react to the, to like the moon <laughs> <brain> <laughs> to the moon people the moon. hold the line don't sell but i don't know i don't know
2: <laughs> i mean to, to be clear i don't own any stock so if, if you're gonna put money in it yeah, it's not on me
0: <laughs> yeah it's been quite the wild first month of 2021 so Uh, We won't get into that here because we got other things to talk about today, but hopefully soon we'll get into it and you can hear our opinions on some of that stuff going on. But today it is Mark's turn to bring us a topic to astound us with. That's correct. That's correct. I've uh, been patient until it
2: was my turn and I'm coming at you guys with a mind-blowing topic are you gonna give us
0: pretty a pretty are you gonna give us a sprinkle of a teaser as apparently they say as, in the as, industry. as
1: they say i did not get a single sprinkle i don't know about you jacob i didn't, I didn't get a single one
0: my ice cream had no
2: spring i don't know the whole it. sprinkle of a teaser thing that's kind of evan's thing i think well yep. it's For, apparently
0: an industry phrase according yeah to according to, so. as, I, as people say right i know
1: i'm way ahead of us because this is our fourth episode but that's got to be a t-shirt Someday. <laughs> it yeah, yeah. blows up
0: we have, as we as we make it
2: Support big. Support our Patreon
0: so we can buy shirts for you guys. <laughs>
2: sprinkle <laughs> of a teaser, yeah. Okay, no, but uh, what I'm coming at you guys with is about the nuclear arms race. Ooh. Specifically the Tsar Bomba, you know, the Russian nuclear weapon, the
0: biggest ever I in don't history. Know. I don't really know much about this. All right, so. no, that makes it better. I don't know too that makes much it either. better. That's awesome. Okay, okay. Well,
2: I don't want to spoil it all. I was just kind of seeing what your guys' reaction was, if you knew much about it. And if you do, I've heard of it. Okay, I don't okay. know what it is, though. Okay, yeah. The, yeah. All right, well, we're going to get into that. Um, so, are you guys ready to s- me jump in right now? I mean,
1: sure. You've been sprinkling yeah. enough teasers. All right, all
2: right. <laughs> here we go. I just want to shout out. I know we've been trying to do our, uh, some of our sources at the end, but I'm just going to give some credit to history.com and BBC.com right away because I took a lot of information from these guys. So, give credit where credit's due, people. All right, here we go. Though the United States and the Soviet Union were tentative allies during World War II, their alliance soured after Nazi Germany surrendered in May 1945. The United States cast a weary eye over the Soviet Union's quest for world dominance as they expanded their power and influence over Eastern Europe, and the Soviet Union resented the United States' geopolitical interference and America's own arms buildup. Further fueling the flame of distrust the United States did not tell the Soviet Union that they planned to drop an atomic bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, you know. So obviously they knew we were preparing a bomb of that magnitude, but they didn't we didn't really be like, "Hey, we're doing this right now or whatever." Yeah. I always That want... upset them a little bit. Uh, obviously, we were never really that close of allies we just had common interest in World War 2, so I'm sure it upset a little more
0: than just them, but Wow, I, I wasn't to gonna say anything about that. I'm not talking about those people. Dude. I
1: always wondered, like, what our allies' reactions was when we dropped those two atomic bombs. If they were like, well, all right, we're, well, we're probably about yeah. to win this thing." Right, but on right. the other hand, it's like, those are atomic bombs. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. I mean, again, some of them were in on it, so they were kind of. Yeah. I'm not saying they mm-hmm. had the call to be like, "Guys, don't do it." I'm sure we would have done it anyway. But yep. right. Um. But anyway, so. In 1949, the Soviets tested their own atomic bomb, and the Cold War nuclear arms race was on. The United States responded in 1952 by testing the highly destructive hydrogen super bomb, and Soviet Union followed suit in 1953. Four years later, both countries tested their first intercontinental ballistic missiles, and the arms race rose to a terrifying new level. Okay, that was kind of just a synopsis of the nuclear arms race. Now we're going to specifically get into um, the Tsar Bomba and details about how crazy the largest nuclear weapon that's ever actually detonated in history was
1: kind of excited and scared at the same time yeah
2: yeah it's um it's a very humbling and uh i mean frightening almost like a horror story how this went this is all like cold
0: war stuff right
2: yeah it's it's all in the cold war era and Ooh, okay. You know, it was. You got to think about it as two superpowers kind of trying to intimidate the other. Um, and you're going to see like what the practical use of weapons of this magnitude are.
0: I mean, that there aren't really. But I mean, <laughs> uh, I just I just saw something re- or read something or listened to something. I don't remember where exactly I saw it, but uh, someone said that this cold war was like actually world war three for a lot of like people that were observing it at the time yeah just because of like how many other wars on the side kind of sparked because of this tension between the sure russians and the americans Mm -hmm. so we don't really think about it all that much we just think like oh this was just like a, a standoff between two countries that ended amicably for the most part but it really did set off a lot of other things. I
1: mean, yeah, and that standoff never happened in either the Soviet Union or the United States. It, always, it happened in Korea, uh, happened in Vietnam.
0: Right, and that led us into Vietnam and stuff yep. eventually. So,
1: Yeah, no, and you also got to keep in mind, I forget who
2: the general was in World War II, but he was basically, like, as soon as we defeated Germany and in in Japan, the one of the generals in charge at the time was like, we should go take on Russia now because they're going to be a problem down the road. And then we decided not to. And sure enough, the Cold War started, and they were a problem. So, I mean, I'm not saying we should have continued the war after World War II ended, but there were people Actually, high up.
0: Put a lot of weird stuff after World War II. That's
2: got to be another
0: episode full of mysteries. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for
2: sure. Okay, but getting back to it, in 1961, the Soviet Union tested a nuclear bomb so powerful it would have been too big to use in war. On the morning of October 30th, 1961, a Soviet Tu-95 bomber took off from an airfield in the Ko- uh, Kola Peninsula in the far north of Russia. The Tu-95 was a specifically modified version of a type that had come into service a few years earlier, a huge swept-wing four-engine monster tasked with carrying Russia's arsenal of nuclear bombs.
1: Uh, when you say... a uh- bomb too big for war are you are you gonna get to kind of like what that means because that yeah like just that like, that's getting into the me, more it's... practical use i mean okay. no bomb is too big from to say, a yeah. from
2: a well i mean the key about war is you usually try to win a war to have something after mm-hmm. if a bomb gets too big
1: they may not kind have a no lot point, after yeah.
2: so that that but that's not even what i'm talking about here i just meant practicality i'm gonna get into that luckily i get to use a little bit of my uh military knowledge on this but to be fair you wouldn't need it for what I'm gonna
0: explain. So. Yeah, for those who don't know, we've never really said it before, but Mark spent six years in the Navy, more more than six years, right? You know, right at six, right? At yeah, six. exactly okay.
2: six years. Yeah, doing. A, I was an intelligence specialist in the Navy, so unfortunately, so, don't get to get into a lot of what I got to do. But I mean, some of it I can dabble here or there, so right. it's kind of exciting. Um, luckily, I did. Like for example, I can say I I knew a lot about. Some of this weapon or uh, Russian arsenal and stuff ahead of time. So that was kind of nice. But all the details, I didn't know. And I was just excited about this topic because, I mean, come on, I'm a guy to a certain point, just seeing how big something can go boom. (laughs) That's kind (laughs) of cool. cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, but this TU 95 carried an enormous bomb underneath it, a device too large to fit inside the aircraft's internal bomb bay where such munitions would normally be carried. The bomb was 26 feet long a diameter of 7 feet, and weighed more than 27 tons. It was wow. physically very similar in shape to the Little Boy and Fat Man bombs, which devastated, obviously, the Japanese cities. Um, the, the bomb had become known by a myriad of um, different designations, but um, obviously now it's known as the Tsar Bomba.
0: You know what they should have just done is just build bigger planes. I was about to say, like, so it didn't. I don't know if there plane. is a plan, like, that they got big Simple enough. Simple solution. Jake, if you're not
1: understanding. It's too big for war. It's definitely going to be too big for a plane. Well,
0: someone's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to carry itself. Okay.
1: And that's where missiles came in. <laughs> So th- this was that obviously
2: was so a bomb. <laughs> no, <laughs> so it's so stupid. Oh,
0: this whole thing has been stupid. <laughs> <All
1: right>. well. <laughs> well, I blame from, you from for our, starting it off the way. From it did. our host, <laughs> our podcast is dumb. <laughs> well, we're, yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. we're getting into it. We're getting into it. But anyway, here we go.
2: <laughs> obviously, this was the bomb of last resort. Um, the Tu ninety five bomber was painted bright white in order to deal with the flash and of this actual bomb just kind of an interesting note and i want to get into just what this pilot went through i mean being imagine being told that you're gonna be put up to fly an aircraft that's gonna drop the largest bomb in history your initial reaction is to be like
0: am i gonna get away <laughs> like that's yeah i mean that's what you yeah. gotta be thinking so so did you say already how they actually carried it, or are you getting that? They carried it on this bomber. They did? This Russian okay. bomber
2: was format or for, yeah, formatted formatted, to uh, carry the bomb. Okay. And it was, again, it was like painted white or covered in this material to help right. it deal with the explosion. But also, I'm just kind of skimming out. I kind of had a structure, but you're asking now, so I want to kind of get into it. I was actually shocked to find out that Russia cared enough about this pilot's life. That they took some precautions for him to make it out of there. So basically, they put a parachute on the bomb to help delay its fall. Yeah. And then basically told him after doing the calculations, you have a 50-50 chance. That's the best we can give you. It's a 50-50 chance of getting out of there. And it's, it's the Soviet Union, so I'm sure he wasn't like, can I say No. Yeah, I'm sure that wasn't. Well, and an I'm option. sure
0: that 50-50 chance wasn't exactly fifty. No, th- I'm I, sure. I, it haven't leaned... I haven't seen the math on that. I'm yeah. sure it leaned a little more towards. It, and I can't it wait to tell you. Back. I can't wait to tell you about this
2: guy's flight because, wow, that must have been terrifying. But that being said, it is a little interesting to know that they did anything to allow mm-hmm. him to make it up. Because I mean, when I think of Soviet Russia and just the way it's kind of taught, at least in American history, I would have been like okay, they stole the pods to go do this, and he didn't make it
0: out. Of I the, mean, they, the, they were just yep. throwing people at the war effort for World War II, so I mean, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yeah, and I'm kind of skipping around here, but also think about like the uh, nuclear like physicists who had to create this thing. They were talking about whether or not they had an option to say no, and it's Soviet Union Russia. So like, if you say no, you're going to have like a bullet in your back, at yeah. least like early on. So. Or go to
1: Siberia in one of their camps.
2: Yeah. So anyhow, let's, uh, let's see if I can find my spot here.
1: Well while you find your spot, I mean the fact that they just kinda only threw a parachute on that bomb too, because yeah. Mark said it was twenty seven tons. Like I get a parachute's purpose, but how much can it literally, actually delay?
0: Literally just got a little backpack parachute yep. on it, like bye Yeah, like
1: like an umbrella in Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. To <laughs> so just, just yeah. The halt what's like bye the, bye. what's the biggest thing like, No, they gave it a glider at
0: least. They gave it a what? They gave it a glider at least, not just the <laughs> umbrella.
2: <laughs> Alright, here we go. So Novaya Zamla, don't quote me on that, is a sparsely populated uh, arch, ar, archipelago. Archipelago, arch, yeah. archip, archipelago. Mm-hmm. There we, there it is, in the Barents Sea, uh, a little bit ways north of Russia. There were some Inuit people who lived there for a while that Russia put on there. Hold on, hold on, time out, time out, time out. They did evacuate. Soviet Union Russia did some things I wouldn't expect them to do. I, I'm, there were like maybe a hundred or thousand of them on there, okay. which Russia had put them there initially. By the way, oh man, which is like a it's a borderline. It's like uninhabitable. Yeah, and like they were they like caused some Inuit people to live there. Well, I mean. but I mean anyway, so they did evacuate them before this. So I just want to be clear, but that was going to be their target point for dropping this bomb. Um. A smaller modified Tu-16 bomber flew beside, ready to film the ensuing blast and monitor sample, air samples as it flew um, near the blast zone. In 2019, I want to say it was, 2019 or actually maybe in this past year, Russia actually declassified some of this information. So you can now go online and watch some video of this blast if you care to
0: do so. But okay, um, did they get those Inuit people off there? They did, yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. I mean, I, I'm still kind of shocked. They did. I
2: don't think that was part of the
0: test. Let's see how this
2: burns people. Uh, well, it's pretty, it's well, pretty Well, you clear. said they were
0: there, and then you never specifically said, yeah. like, oh, they got them off beforehand. Oh, so, wow, well, my bad. If I just wanted to make didn't. sure that they're okay. Yeah. All right, so I mentioned
2: already that there was a parachute. Um, pause.
0: Take it to the candy shop. Mm <laughs> That's staying in. <laughs> All right,
2: like we're just... be the outro. <laughs> okay, enough about the aircraft, but here we go. In a flash, the bomb created a fire fireball that was five miles wide. The fireball pulsed upwards from the force of its own shockwave, and the flash could be seen hundred or six hundred and thirty miles away. The bomb's mushroom cloud soared forty miles high, with its cap spreading outward until it stretched nearly sixty three miles from end
1: to end. Hold on five miles wide yeah that's what i said oh that's from that's all holy cow
2: okay i know that our audience can't see this but sometimes it helps
0: it helps for you guys to have a
2: little bit of a descriptor we can post these online too Oh, okay well then we'll we'll have to do that on our social media on our social but i wanted to give you guys an idea of just how massive this
0: freaking crap yeah are you serious
2: so, obviously, while well, you guys look at that, I'm just going to kind of keep the audience informed of what's going on. So, obviously, the effects were catastrophic. Yeah. Uh, the The village of Severny, which is located where this bomb dropped. Of course, the bomb itself actually exploded above ground. It didn't right, hit the ground, yeah. which actually helped limit some of the radioactive fallout. But all houses nearby were completely destroyed. Um, in Soviet districts, hundreds of miles from the blast zone, damage of all kinds, you know, houses collapsing. We Roofs falling in, damage to doors, window shattering were reported. Radio communications were disrupted for more than an hour. The actual pilot himself, even though he was trying to escape, his bomber ended up having to, like, got couldn't quite get escape the blast in time. I mean, he wasn't in the blast itself, but right. the, the force of it caused him to actually plummet more than 3,300 feet, and he actually recovered, and he survived. That's oh. So the, the blast radius layer, like, like, the power of it did yeah. cause his you know his aircraft to tumble yeah. out of the air and he recovered and got out of there so imagine me able to like live to tell the tale about this is i that's just insane for well, the
1: listeners to put in, like a little bit of perspective this blast how high it went it's roughly 10 times higher than mount everest based on the charts that we're looking at right yeah. now and we'll put these on our social media so you can take a look at it but holy cow that's I honestly have, like, no words for that this thing actually exists and that humans made this.
0: Like, just for reference, in, like, the early 1900s in Texas City, there was a ship that blew up because it had, like, uh, fertilizer, chemicals on board. And it got hot and it blew up in the port. Mm -hmm. And that blew up, like, windows shattered in cities, I think it was, like, 40 miles away from where it blew up. So... That was just one ship blowing up, and it yeah. did it 40 miles away. Can you imagine how far the damage from this probably extended?
2: I mean, I, I mean, on your next page. I, yeah, I saw that. Oh, yeah. It's it's shocking. It's shocking. I, um, I mean, I want to get into some of the totals here so that people who can't see what you guys are looking at can kind of appreciate it. Now widely agreed, the bomb is uh, assessed to have been worth 57 megatons or 57 million tons worth of TNT. That is more than 1,500 times that of Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombs combined, t- and 10 times more powerful than all the munitions expended during World War II. Sensors registered the bomb's blast wave orbiting the Earth not once,
1: not twice, but three times. Jeez. That's just... I mean, again, it's insane. Like Humans, we just made okay. this thing. Now get ready for this. Or aliens? I don't know if this is coming next. Soviet Union
2: had asked the guys who made the bomb to make it twice as big originally, and the scientists decided on themselves not to ethically.
1: Thank God. Are you think, I want you
2: to think about that. Look at look at the statistics yeah. and and how large this was. I mean, and and these guys. So I will post on our social media. And I hope you go look. But this, this mushroom cloud was so much higher than Mount Everest or even the normal cruising altitude of aircraft, and they wanted it to be double that. Oh, it's it's truly shocking.
0: It would have... I is, mean, is that archipelago still there, or did it destroy it? Okay, completely? okay. So There's here's the no thing. Way. because they, ex- Oh, it is. Because, because they it
2: exploded blew, they, above they, it. Above it. Now, by a significant amount, mind you. Okay. So actually, you can go there and even visit the place today. Now, I don't know what the re- Really? Uh, I don't think it's actually that radioactive because of how high they blew it in the atmosphere. I mean, it was obviously for a while, but there's like mm. animals that live there. It's really funny memes about it. Like if you Google this, it'll be like, come visit you here for vacation. There'll be like a walrus with like two heads and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah. Between this and Chernobyl, Russia's got just radioactivity up the water. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so such a blast obviously could not be kept secret. The U.S. had a spy plane only tens of kilometers from the blast. It carried a special optical device useful for calculating the yield of far-off nuclear explosives. Data from this aircraft, codenamed Speed Light, was used by the Foreign Weapons uh, Evaluation Panel to calculate this mystery test yield. International condemnation soon followed, not only from the U.S., Britain, but then think about like Sweden and, and, and was it Finland or like right there? Yeah. Like oh, how upset just... do you got to be that someone just blew the largest weapon by far? There's actually nothing
0: close to this. Yeah. Based on what the U.S. had been doing. and so, There's really nothing well, if close they, to if this. If they did double the size of this, it probably would have damaged buildings in Finland. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Blew up. Now, now, I don't know if they, they were just their, their sweet business. <laughs> and just, then all yeah. of a sudden, there's just a big wave of pressure that just hits your house. Yep that yeah. could have killed people mm-hmm.
2: so again i just want to get into the radiation i just have it annotated here that because um the fireball had not made contact with the earth there was a surprisingly low amount of radiation which was like the one if there's a positive silver lining in any of this <laughs> that was kind of it um but for a change in its design terrain some of the power it could unleash i mean again it was supposed to be twice as powerful so you can kind of think about how much, how much damage that could cause
0: I just can't get over how much bigger this is than the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, Mm -hmm. that's crazy. All
2: right. Well, anyway, the Soviets had developed a weapon that was so powerful they were unwilling to even test it at its full capacity. The scientists, instead of putting um, uranium in there, they just changed it with lead. So that's apparently how you can rein in the size. Like, there was obviously uranium in the bomb. But to make it yield less power... That's what they swapped out. And I don't know if they actually had permission to do that or if they just did that behind yeah. the leader's backs. Because, I mean,
0: what are they going to know? They're not the scientists or whatever. They're going to be like, wow, that was really big. Can you, you know? imagine these scientists, so like, the day before it goes out, they're just like, quick, 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 just
1: take it out, take it out, take it out. Yeah, they're just handling hot uranium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: That's insane. Um, but, hey, you tell them that they're not going to use uranium. huh? You try it. I don't think
1: it's going to work. Probably not. No. <laughs> no.
0: They're not going to let you do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: anyway so i was looking up some of the papers from the united states to kind of get an idea of what it was there because you're going to tell the public about what was just like because i mean you'd be terrified so i thought oh. it was kind of funny and ironic that when i was looking at up the papers it's not that different than if that would have happened today it was a bunch of papers writing like united states government says that the bomb wasn't as big as it's being claimed to be because the, the paper said that it was basically fifteen hundred times that of the bombs they had dropped previously on in Japan. And the and the paper's just downplaying that, saying that wasn't true. We know now it was. But that's exactly what would happen today. If if something happens in the world and the government might be like trying to keep people from panicking or whatever, it's just not that different. I just for some reason have this opinion that media today kinda altered what is true or isn't true. But even in the newspaper, you know, back
0: then it was like Well, especially at this time with how much tension there was just in general, all over Mm -hmm, the place. Oh, yeah, like the the Red Scare was a a thing. Yeah, well, and we're, what, just 15 years out of the Second World War, so it's not like it's that far removed. Right. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine, like, I just mentioned, like, the Red Scare, how much that would have intensified if the public knew that this insane, like, not even fathomable bomb existed, and, I mean, we didn't have it. I mean, it was we were at war with. He knows like the what the public uproar would have been. We didn't been. have
2: one, to be kind of honest, because it's not worth it. You're not gonna. Yeah. You wouldn't use a bomb like this if you're trying to win a war without. Yeah. because the United States, and sometimes it's not always. Sometimes quantity can be better. The United States had a large nuclear arsenal at the time. So we may not have had the biggest bomb around mm-hmm. but you don't need the biggest bomb around to, like the, you just gotta have the thing the with right this too is of because of how
0: big it was if you had to like specially design a plane just right. to carry it you like that's a lot of effort just to put for and one that, thing yeah Jacob's absolutely right that's the other thing it is so
2: slow to maneuver any aircraft carrying this weapon even for the time would have been shot out of the air before it got to its launch point mm-hmm. so it's it's legitimately not really possible to use i mean it's not
0: feasible it's not
2: feasible yeah it's not feasible so Hmm. unless you could get it to its launch site with protected enough without being shot out of the air which you can't i mean it's it's irrelevant so it was it was um completely just for optics or just to scare the united states and the people into submission a little bit in the arms race it did serve its purpose to a certain extent where the united states was more like all right let's just start calming down and start Yep,
1: everyone relax a little yeah, bit yeah
2: yeah because i mean look at look at the stats that i showed you guys i mean what for the sake of humanity imagine that hits the ground and the radioactive fallout i just told you the blast wave or the power of it was registered on what i equivalent to like the earthquake scales like it's third time around the earth and they wanted to make it twice as big
1: did you say how much or did you get into the radiation yet like how much that would have spread like let's say this actually hits somewhere, like how far that radiation would have actually impacted. So, or is it so I th- here, sorry.
2: Yeah, you can you can look on there. I don't have the exact radius for mm-hmm. the radiation because their main takeaway was that because they, I guess, give them some credit, detonated it at the altitude that they did. The radioactive fallout was pretty minimal. Okay. Now, I'm not saying it was it didn't affect things because that obviously. Gets into the atmosphere and then that goes around the around the earth. I mean, you probably know about a lot of China's um, pollution actually ends up in California, like all the way across the ocean. So, the same would be true with radi- radiation to a certain extent. But I don't have a calculus for you about like wh- how far, or how much mm-hmm. damage it caused.
1: I mean, either way, it's safe to say like a lot. I'm but sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, a well, lot especially of people
0: if sick. they left all the uranium in and didn't take it out and replace it. Lead, yeah there would be so many so much more compared to yeah well
2: it, and there was some so i don't know right yeah, exactly yeah, 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 right so. even more yeah and of course it didn't hit the ground so mm-hmm. I i'm not a scientist and i can't tell you what hitting the ground does compared to the alternative but obviously from what i've been reading it's it's a huge difference so these weapons have no place in war think about it if, if you detonated some of these you mentioned the radiation that's going to just go around the world mm-hmm. so you might hit your target But it might come right back and hit your country with a wave (laughs) of radiation. Like, Mm -hmm. that's horrible. That's horrible. So nobody wins with weapons like these. And I think that was the main takeaway. Mm -hmm. As even one of the scientists who helped make this bomb ended up joining, like, a society that fights the creation of nuclear weapons. So he helped create this bomb. And then was, like, no more of these. Like, Like, we're done using these. So I don't know what Russia's opinion was on that, but.
0: Russia probably didn't care at least the higher ups yeah mm-hmm.
2: I keep saying Russia I say Soviet Union at the time but it doesn't really matter so anyway and you guys can see there how lo- just how large the bomb was in real life but that that that's kind of sums up the how bad the nuclear arms race got at a certain point where we're talking about weapons to like wipe off human or humanity off the face of the earth basically mm-hmm. if we were to use them and there's just no pl- Point in that again, because war is about an objective, but killing everybody is not much of something to I win. I feel like you know? we
0: always have like playground arguments with Russia on a like a huge scale. Yeah, because we had the space race with them, where we were fighting to get to the moon first, and like stuff like this, where it's just stuff that doesn't really matter in the long run. Well, the space race did more so than yeah, this did, right. but it's like someone on the playground saying that they can do more pull-ups than another kid or something sure, like that.
1: And then they built a bomb so powerful. It actually has no practical use. I mean, that yeah. concept is just insane.
2: And I think that actually was probably the biggest takeaway is this was small potatoes in, in, in some regards. I know, I mean, I know it's not actually small, small potatoes. potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> but think about the weapons that we have in, instead like ICBMs which can be launched pretty much anywhere and hit almost anywhere that's like the uh, concern with north korea for a lot of people is like if they launched an ICBM like it's maybe smaller overall weapon than what we're talking about here but it doesn't really matter it's a large enough weapon that can reach a far longer range and actually be effective you know mm-hmm. potentially not be shot out so but i just want to show with this story what human beings are capable of producing to basically end ourselves it's it's actually really scary and these weapons still exist obviously maybe not this large but when you consider the quantity of smaller scale um atomic or nuclear weapons
0: that we possess to this day i just don't see a scenario where that's advantageous what is like the stat that we have enough nuclear arms to blow ourselves up like 30 times yeah, over or something, something crazy like that that's
1: the most like human stat of all time like we're the only species on this earth that like even comes close to even a little bit of that destruction right and we can do it how many times did you say seven i want to say i don't he know said, for sure, but i'm pretty that.
0: sure it's like something like 20 to 30 like, times over we could blow ourselves up like
1: we're the only species that has self-awareness and the ability to, to literally destroy everything on earth yep that's, pretty much that's nuts
2: and it is more than anything, just like a, it's like a threat. No, I don't know how many countries have atomic bombs or nuclear weapons and are like, can't wait till we get to put, you know, launch one of these. I don't think that's the approach. It's, I can't say it's a paper lion because you could actually launch it at the end of the day, but it's a deterrent more than it is anything else. So that's why countries keep them. I mean, I'm not actually advocating that the United States get rid of all theirs because the minute we get rid of all all of these, if Russia. Got rid of all theirs. You think that they don't have a couple, you know, sitting somewhere? Of course. Mm -hmm. So the real fear is it falling into the wrong hands. Still, you know, there would that be like terrorists or North Korea?
0: Demilitarization on that scale is a good idea, but it's it's just not plausible with humanity because we're such stubborn creatures and we always want to have the upper hand. So and there's no trust. Right. Exactly. How do I know you got rid of yours if I get there's no like way to. Calculate any of that and keep track. Unless mm-hmm. you have people monitoring it constantly right. on either side, which right. is never going to happen. No, oh,
1: it'll never happen. And like all these storage facilities for atomic bombs are underground, regardless, right? For like our ICBM missiles. For like the they're most, housed yeah. underground.
0: Yeah. So. But hey, atomic power is what brought the aliens in, so. Yeah, got that. Going. Didn't they?
2: Was they they actually they were really the ones gave us the uh, initial atomic well, bombs
0: to use. Uh, when all this arms race started going on, that's when <laughs> alien sightings like jumped really high. Oh, really? Oh, wow! Had. I didn't yeah, even know yeah, that. So people think that aliens started showing up because we started getting all this more like nuclear power and stuff, and they're like, they're either gonna kill themselves or they're gonna use this for good. So we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, they
1: probably stopped it and like, I wonder how they're gonna use this, and they're like taking bets, like five bucks says that or. Whatever currency the aliens use, you know, like five bucks says that they'll use it for like renewable energy or like that kind of stuff. And the other is like, nah, bombs,
0: yeah. That's why they say a lot of the alien races came for like a while and were monitoring. And mm-hmm. then once they saw that we we're probably not going to use it for the best means, they are like, okay, we're out of here. And then they like decided not to pretty much land and meet us and be like, oh, we want to have a relationship with you. That's the theory from a lot of ufologists so seems like a logical theory it's kind of like what evan said i think early on
2: it always comes back to aliens. oh it always,
0: always, does. always i can always. bring it i can tie it in pretty much anywhere at this point yeah so. Pickett's yeah.
1: charge how could you tie that in
0: i mean did you see the way that the line broke <laughs> that wasn't <a> natural <laughs>
1: that, was <nice. laughs> that was
0: nice no but uh there is a story that i'd like to cover eventually about nuclear power and alien like the uh, connection that it has but that's for a different time so
2: <laughs> well that's most of what i got on the czar bomba um hope you guys appreciated just mm. how dangerous oh yeah i didn't know any of weaponry that. is on this earth because a lot of people obviously when they think of all oh, the worst or the largest bombs we ever launched are the united states launching those bombs on uh, hiroshima and nagasaki but we've done uh 1500 times better people so combined you know
1: pretty nuts yeah i i mean the listeners when you see it on our social medias i mean these images are absolutely i don't want to say incredible but like they're pretty pretty insane
0: or i'm sure you could just google it yourselves too if you want to just look and, up and the yeah. stats or yeah something.
2: that's right you can mm-hmm. and i i didn't put them on there but it would be great if you guys also looked up the actual mushroom clouds that they're, they they have images? photos okay. of, of the mushroom clouds and it's terrifying it's oh, it's, it's terrifying mm. and then you think you could have done double oh, man
1: i wonder if i could and find that was a back a, in yeah. what the
2: 60s i said sorry, 61 though. yeah yeah mm-hmm. just think what you could do now sorry go ahead
1: it wasn't anything important i was i was just like i wonder if i can find a gif of this but it's like do i really want to throw that up there but oh, anyway might okay. just want to cut this part
0: <laughs> but evan if you want to plug our new social medias real quick you've been mentioning them throughout so if you want to know. give those
1: handles and stuff all right so listeners we are currently on twitter and then instagram um you can really expect to see you know the links to every single podcast episode that we do here along with some supporting imagery i know i talked about picket's charge last time so i'll try to include like the battle lines. so i mean of course you can just google it while you're listening but try to include some supporting imagery Um, They can also expect to see, you know, different reposts from other, you know, history memes. Um, We'll try to keep the content uh, up to date, you know, probably post at least once weekly. But anyway, the uh, Instagram handle is just uh, Gems of History Podcast. Uh, And then the Twitter handle is one second. Need to stall a little bit. Uh, The Twitter handle is at Gems underscore history. On uh, either one of them, just type in "gems of history" into your search, not your search browsers, but your searches on the social medias, and you should be able to find it.
0: Cool, cool. And yeah, of course, like I said last time, we have the email gems of history podcast at gmail dot com. If you guys want to email us anything, uh, what I would like from you guys is if you guys have any like spooky stories or crazy stories that you want to share with us, I would eventually like to do. Something where we can read stories that you guys submit on the podcast and get your personal history stories, whether it be a haunting story or some crazy war story or whatever you feel like sharing, really. If it's if it's interesting enough, well, maybe we'll read it on the show and give you guys credit if you want us to read your names and all that, so that's something you'd be interested in feel free to send it on over i bet that's a great idea that'd be Mm -hmm. a a lot of fun to do i hope some people do send something in yeah because i mean a lot of the stuff we talk about obviously is bigger topics that affect the world more at large so if we get some more personal stories i think that's really a different perspective on things you wouldn't have normally gotten so that'd be
1: the true gems of history exactly
0: so yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys, uh, but until then... Do you want to give us a, a sprinkler of a tease uh, about what we're doing next time?
1: Oh. Uh, Mark, it's sprinkle of a teaser. Oh, I, oh some, I'm
2: sorry. Get it right for the, for the have brand. Have
1: some respect.
0: So here's your sprinkle, listeners. We are going to be doing a group episode next week. So I think at the end of each of our turns, we're going to try and kind of group up together and cover a topic, tackle it together. Uh, but it's going to be... About the past year or so. So we'll mm-hmm. get more in detail on that next time, but that's what you get for now. Yep, yeah, looking forward to it. Until next time, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening.
1: Yep, have a good one, everyone.